Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Ryan Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Ryan Gam slam jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Welcome into the Final Score Network pod. We're at 128 this week. Um, last week of June. That's crazy to say that it's almost July. Wow, summer's already flying by. This year's already flying by. Geez, halfway done almost. A um, lot to discuss here. Uh, NBA draft was last week. We'll probably briefly touch on that. Some golf stuff. Um, a few other newsworthy items as well. Um, just cut to the chase. Podium. Um, I warned you guys. Um, if you, whenever the the Saudi thing, um, you know, started get picking up heat before they merged the PGA Tour, um, how the Saudis are were going to take over sports. Well, I was right because. They're trying to take over tennis now. Um, they put this out on Monday, I believe it was, and they want to have their own tennis circuit that's rivals whatever. I don't know what the Pro Tennis Association, I don't know what it's called, but what they have now. But they're trying to make their own thing where they pay these guys a bunch of money, and one of the best players in the world, Nick Krygos, already said that he would do it. Um, welcome to this. I mean, this is – it's. We've got golf and tennis next. I mean, they already have soccer. Um, would not surprise me to see a basketball league, um, a baseball league. Um, Long before it's the UAE, not the NCAA. Yeah, seriously. Um, we're, we're going there, guys. It's just a matter of time. Money talks, and it talks loud and aggressively. Speaking of loud and aggressively, I'm going to give a STFU loud and aggressively to Megan whatever her purple hair Rapone, Rapini, Rapon, you know, the 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 one who bitches all the time about, you know, equal pay for the women's soccer players when they can't even beat a fifteen year old boys US national team. And then Alex Morgan, even bigger surprise. Why? We're gonna talk a little bit about my favorite topic and Danny will love this. Riley will love this. Kyle will probably love this. Virtue signalers. Yep, Megan and Alex are your premium virtue signalers. And this is what I'm talking about. So we're all very familiar with Riley Gaines and what happened with the NCAA swim meet a couple years ago where the, quote, she with a rudder, you know what I'm talking about, uh, swam and won and beat women and took placement and Riley Gaines was embarrassed and didn't even get to get her trophy because the NCAA wanted to celebrate a trans winning a women's swim race. Well, these two jokers are talking about how the women's team should boycott any state that doesn't allow transgenders to participate in women's sports. WTF, are you not women? Well, Megan, that's questionable. But Alex Morgan, clearly a female. Again, Megan, I assume, is a female. I don't know what she identifies as. And you are really going to tread on and piss on and spit on little girls over 
boys that want to be girls, that's virtue signaling. You've already arrived. You're at the top of your sport, and you are chastising a Riley Gaines for her take and her fight for girls, for women's sports, and you want to make it okay. You're okay. You tell me as women, you're okay that the last three or four women quote of the year have been men, have been transgenders. Do you want the extinction, extinguishing, sorry, of the of women? I mean, really, what would the feminists from the 60s, the bra burners of the 60s, think about your attitude now? You're okay with somebody feigning to be a woman taking a girl's spot when they are clearly more athletic, more powerful, faster, bigger, stronger. We have the case of the girl in North or South Carolina that got knocked out and is like done with her sport and has major head injuries and repercussions because of being spiked on in volleyball. You have the women's swimming thing. And you're really going to virtue signal. And, and oh, my favorite from Megan was that this is like genocide. You're going to compare the treatment of a minuscule tenth, hundredth, thousandth of a percent of people who are clearly mentally ill and aren't really what they say they are to what happened to the poor people in, of religious persecution in like Bosnia, in Yugoslavia, in Africa. The audacity to do that, you're disgusting. And any sports platform, I'm talking about you, ASPN, that gives these people a platform to talk about that, you should be banished. You should lose your license from the FCC. It's gross. You are teaching it's okay for people who can't even vote, who can't buy smokes, who can't buy beer, who can't serve the country, that it's okay to say, I wish I didn't have a PP. I'm going to play women's soccer. F you. F you. Forget about any support you'll ever get from me. Do us all a favor. Go move to Saudi Arabia. Then tell us how you like it. Yeah. No, not a great situation. All right. Tee up of the week. Um, this one's more just funny. Um, we're teeing up the NBA draftees, the guys who were in the green room. Did you get a load of what these guys are wearing now? You, you know, some of the guys are wearing nice suits. You know, I, I'm all I'm, I don't care if it's a little flashy. You know, maybe a chain, but no shirt under his like, no what, shirt. Like, what's his nuts from Michigan? Buffkin and, looked like, like a he looked like an old lady, and then you have Grady Dick wearing this red Wizard of Oz sparkly. It's like, what do you just? You you make it a show. It's a you're getting drafted. It's to play individualism. In the NBA. That's why the NBA sucks because it's all about the individual, not about the team. I hate the NBA. It's. Uh, I mean, I'm all for people. You know, you express your individualism. Like Rodman was the first one who kind of broke that barrier. You want to make yourself look weird or whatever. Not above the team. That night's about the NBA and about your moment. Yes, but it's not. It's not about who can look the dumbest. You look stupid. I think they look cool. That's that's the problem. It goes back to my podium. Half of this country is just plain effing stupid. You look stupid. You act stupid. You talk stupid. You are stupid. At me all you want if you disagree. I will debate you till the cows come home. If you support any of that crap, you're freaking dumb. Yeah. All right. Par three. Uh, Nitty gritty. What a... What are we doing first here? Yeah, well, I got to start with Chris got after me last week. He's down in St. Thomas, you know, tanning his cheeks with the uh, assless chaps women on the beach down there. <laughs> down there. Um, he, he said, you can't pick Dream Foursome and Course 
for the thing that you'd rather have. I, you know, we picked four from four things like no three putts, you know, play, win the Masters and never play again. And I can't remember what the fourth one was. Or, yeah. um, and and I didn't. And I said, you know, a lot of things, whatever. And he's like, nope, you have to pick. So, all right, Chris, I can't, I came up with it, and I'm gonna explain a little bit why. So, first first draft pick for my foursome, I'm going with Ricky Fowler. I just like Rick. He's a good dude. I've always liked him. He's taken. He's easily taken the place of where Phil was on my on kind of my yeah, pantheon of guys that I really looked up to for golf. Phil is in the toilet, covered in. He's in like the Porta John after a Michigan game, just covered flat out in flatulence and whatever else. Ricky is is moved to his spot at the top. Just a good just dude. A good Seems guy. like he'd just be a fun guy to play with. Second, Justin Thomas. Dude can take a joke. He can give a joke. The whole handing of the tampon thing from Tiger Woods. Loved it. It's awesome. Um, I, I think he's just, he's like, he's really kind of a, he's a little guy, but he's a dude's guy. Uh, I just think he'd be a blast to play with. Plus, I think he's friends with Ricky, so that'd be fun. Yeah. And for my, my third one, I struggled a little bit because I was trying to like, who would I want to play with? Who would really just be fun? Like, you could say Tiger, you could say Jack Nicklaus, you could say you know Arnold Palmer if he was still alive. You know, there's a lot of guys you could say that were just good golfers. I'm telling you, I would love, and I picked a golfer because I'd really love to probably play around with like Charles Barkley of like mind or Shaquille O'Neal, but we'll put that to the side. I'm going with John Daly. John Daly is about as hillbilly, redneck, non-typical golfer. Mm-hmm. Smoke two packs, drink a case of Dr. I mean, Diet Coke, drink a case of Coors Light or Natty Light or whatever he does on the course. I mean, just he would be an absolute riot to play with. And I'm looking to have a good time with this group to have it be memorable. Um, I think it'd be fun. So those are my three guys, Chris. And the course, there's a lot of places you could play. There's a lot of places I do want to play, but I would go to St. Andrews. JD won at St. Andrews, I believe, you. Uh, you know, at the British Open. Um, I just, it's the birthplace of golf. I just think playing with those guys and then going to have some pints afterward would be a hell of a good time. That would be fun. All right, so here's one. Uh, Mona sent my way, Ryan. I think she probably sent to you, too. There was a big story in the Grand Rapids Press, which never prints any news anymore. It's disappointing. We don't have actual print newspapers, but about Maddie Sissoko. Yep, you know he's not a citizen of U.S., so he's not allowed to take his NIL money, which is horseshit. If these guys are going to get paid, why why they can't take the money? But better yet, Maddie took his money and built a school in yep. his in his home country. Amazing! Like if you're going to give guys ungodly amounts of money, let's celebrate this instead of you know the guys like. Quinn Ewers, who went to Ohio State, took his seven figures and then transferred after a year. Let's celebrate the Matty Sissokos, who are doing the right thing and who are doing something good for society because there's not very many of those people. And I just wanted to call attention to that. I think we probably had mentioned it before that guys like him couldn't get an NIL, but what a, what a way to use it in a way that's good for other people. Like, can we get more of that in this world? Like, people who actually care about other people and want to do good for other people? And I'm not talking about through virtue signaling and woke behavior. I'm talking about by doing something virtuous and right and godly. And that's exactly what Maddie did. And I just wanted to call attention to it because I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I thought that was really cool, too. Doing good in the world, Maddie. Thank you. That, that's an example of a guy, 
you know, he'll probably have a, a decent, you know, Euro career when he gets done at Michigan State. You know, he's grown into being a pretty good basketball player. He's not ever going to be great, I don't think. Uh, you know, who knows? He may have like another breakout, breakout of a breakout season this year. But um, that's a guy that's going to do well in the world because he understands how to treat people. That's what I want more of. And that, that's how I much I appreciate Tom Izzo because those are the guys that he wants on his squad. If you're not like that, you ain't sticking around. Yeah, I agree. Are we just hodgepodging this? Yeah. Um, so, and, so Michigan State football recruiting to stick with Michigan State, finally picking up, get some commits. You know, they're looking good for some more guys. We like positive momentum. Um, obviously, it's now recruiting is basically it's not set in stone unless you sign <clears throat> that dotted line. Even then, you can transfer whenever you oh, want. So. They did this, change that. Now you have so. to have uh, you a coaching change or something like that in your first year, right? Well, I think that's a certain stipulation. No. Um, but they're going to change the window, the portal window, from 60 to 30 days, I think. so. It doesn't that's feel like they have any window right now. No, there it really isn't. Um, well, especially for grad transfers, this guy's leaving right now. Obviously, Bob Huggins... We talked about that situation last week. They've had some guys leave. One guy left already for Kentucky. Um, just crazy. And the guy that's their new coach, the, the interim coach, they hired him over um, some people that have been on, been head coaches before um, within their within their coaching staff. Um, and this guy was the director of basketball operations in 2021, full-time assistant last year. Now he's the head coach. Is it because he's young, or what's the uh, Yeah, because I guess they like him the most. The players do. Oh, boy. Of those. That, you, oh. Hey, West Virginia, go look at Michigan State 1999 when Saban Bobby. left. And the players knocked on McPherson's door and said, We want Bobby. We want Bobby. That went to hell in a handbasket in two years with a smoker snorting coke and who knows what Chuck, Chuck Rogers was, was doing. doing. And You don't ever let the inmates run the asylum. Ever, ever. Yeah, not good. Um, that's crazy. But yeah, Mission State recruiting is doing better. Looking up, um, needed that. Um, did anyone see the Angels versus Rockies score the night? Twenty-five to one. It was the score. Wasn't that similar to that in the College World Series? Yeah, too? it was twenty-four to four, Florida, and then LSU won eighteen to four to win the World Series. It's like what? Why? What's all this hitting coming from? When are they going to take away aluminum bats from College World Series? Yeah, like, it makes you, no you sense. can't go do that in the pros. No. Like, get seriously, I mean, whatever. I don't like the sound of it. No. I like yeah, the crack of the bat. Yeah, there. the crack of the bat. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, so I got a question for you, Ryan. I just thought about this a little while ago. If Michigan State doesn't make a Final Four this year, will the season be a disappointment? No, it's so hard to make it. But I, if they don't make a second weekend, I think it'd be a disappointment. I, I agree it's hard to make it and there's a measure of luck and winning winning you know that elusive second one for Izzo is, is difficult and so like hard. we talk about all the time 2020 we think Michigan State that could have been our could've year had, could've, had could've also lost in the first round right yep. because we lost in the first round of 2016 I kind of think it would be because Michigan State in a way overachieved a little bit last year they brought all the key players back and they have a like the number three recruiting class it feels to me like all the pieces and parts are there because, you know, guys like Aikens, Hogard, Walker, they're all going to be gone. 
Um, not that the other new good guys aren't going to come in and so on and so forth, you know, the next year, but like the time is kind of now. And I know as much as it's hard, sometimes luck of the draw, ask Purdue. Um, I think it would be a disappointment. I'm, I'm, just, I'm not going to hate on Michigan State if they don't make the Final Four, but I, I would be disappointed yeah, because this is going to be the most, arguably a more talented team even than that 2020 team, top to bottom. I mean, that team was pretty veteran-laden and had a lot of talent like Cassius and McQuaid and you know um, Xavier and some guys like that. But like this team, this team is stacked. There are shooters, there are scorers, there are drivers, there are bigs. Defense. There's defense, there's rim protection, there's like everything. Best it's been in a long time in terms of every everything like check the box Michigan State has. Like Michigan State's done really well getting to Final Fours over the years with teams that, you know, if there were 10 boxes to check, checked six, five, eight, seven. Rarely has Michigan State had a check to every box, and I'm making ten up as a number, but like rarely have we had a team that checked every box, could break, could rim protect, could shoot, could stop. You know, all the good free throw shooting team, low turnover ratio, like all these different things. This team is so set up to be that, um, and the pressure is going to be there. Sometimes we know, especially in football, Michigan State does better when they kind of come out of nowhere, but. Um, it's past that time for Tom. He's been around a long time, and he knows how to he knows how to do this. So I I I would be disappointed at this point in time. Now, of course, you know you get injuries. Like nobody could foresee that Aikens and Hall would get hurt last year, and Michigan State still had success despite that. Um, you know, I, I I would at this point in time, I would say I would be disappointed if they I would be. I, I I'm not. I'm just not going to put that because I know how hard it is. But yeah. I mean, it's, there's no doubt. It's speaking hard, of, and it's, it's Tom, who gets hot and all that kind of stuff. Speaking but. of Tom, he's got to be sticking around for at least a few more years because this dude's out recruiting 2025s and 2026s like it's like his life depends upon yeah, it. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. That's, that's awesome at 70 years old. Um, we'd love to see that. Um, all right, NBA draft, quick breakdown of that. Wemby won. Miller going two was crazy, kind of. I thought they would go scoot at two, and then Blazers picked scoot. Um, and I'm thinking that um, Lillard might be on his way out of uh, Portland after that, which is interesting, having been there his whole career. Glad the Pistons got Asor Thompson. That's a good pick for them. Um, fits a need. Um, was surprised to see Jet Howard go at number 11. The Magic are basically the Orlando Wolverines now. They have a ton of Michigan guys. And Gary Harris. <laughs> yeah, true. Buffkin going 15. I don't think he's that. I mean, he's good, but he's not that good. I don't. So why the NBA sucks, too, is they draft on, quote, Like, potential. Hood Shafino is better than him, and he went 17th. Yeah. Like, he's better than him. And Jaime Jaquez went 18th. I think that was cool. Um, the, um, the Pistons got uh, Marcus Sasser in a trade. That's sweet. I think that's a really good pickup for them. Chris Murray went 23rd. That was cool. Um, Sensabaugh, 28. So how many Big Ten guys is that in the first round? They're one, two, five. Four, uh, yeah, five. So pretty good. Five out of 30. And then Pickett went 32nd, which I was surprised by. Um, he's, a, he's a baller. Good like for he's him. He is like a Draymond Green stat sheet yeah, stuffer, he's, he's, does it all. He's what basketball players should be. He's awesome. And then Lundy went 46th. I thought that was cool, too. Um, Imani Bates, 49th. That'll be interesting. He's um, the next Deonta Davis. Trace... Um, 57th to the to the Warriors. 
Um, that's fun. And then Hauser got picked up by the Utah Jazz. Good for him. Um, happy for him. Some guys, um, you know, a lot He's of... He's Lily White. He'll fit in out there in Salt Lake City. Right, right, exactly. And you know, Wojo is part of their um, organization, so that's interesting because he was his coach. Oh, yeah, at, at Marquette. Marquette yeah. briefly. Um, so, yeah. And then, I, I, speaking of Michigan State football, I, I thought I would bring this up because it was... There's a video of it being thrown around Twitter, and people are talking about it. They're like, oh, it was video. It said, like, you want to see a team get screwed in three minutes of bad calls, and it was Michigan State versus Notre Dame 2013 pass interference. Oh, my gosh. But it, it, Awful. Awful calls. They admitted they were terrible, and people were like, oh, it stopped Michigan State from winning a national championship with this. I, I don't agree with that because I think, I will always say this, if Michigan State wins that game, I don't think they go on to have the season they do because Andrew Maxwell would have led a game-winning drive. Right. And who knows if he takes over a Cook leaves, he doesn't pan out. You don't have the next two years after 2013. Look historically. Not all the time, but historically. We, when we when beat Michigan Notre State Dame, beats Notre Dame, the good. season isn't as good. Now, there's exceptions to that. Like Little Giants Little Giants year. year and you know. there's, there's exceptions for sure. 99. Plenty of exceptions. But... There are also a lot of times when that got our hopes up three and zero non conference, and then the sky fell during Big Ten play. So I I agree. I mean, it's easy to go back and play the what if game and yep. and whatever, but I do think that that kind of changed things for Michigan State. I a think it bit. put a chip on their shoulder. Yep. And yeah. Michigan State under D'Antonio played and still to this day plays better with a chip on our shoulder. Yeah. I, I mean, agree. we were highly ranked and unbeaten when we when Michigan came to town in twenty twenty one. And we were basically still like, no way, they won't have a chance. And we got behind several times that game. No chance, no chance, no chance, no chance. Chip on our shoulder. We won. Chop, keep chopping, right? Keep chopping. Exactly. All right, okay. so, so here's one. You, you probably haven't seen this necessarily, Ryan. It just kind of popped up when I was surfing around looking for stuff the other day. Big Ten strength of schedule rankings from CBS Sports, uh, which think, I can't wait to hear that. Um so I'm going to run these past. I don't. We, we'll obviously get into our Big Ten previews as we yeah, get into July and August. Soon. But um, and so more to come on on these then. But I wanted to give this to you to react. So they're saying that Minnesota has the toughest strength of schedule in the Big Ten because they have a road game against North Carolina. Okay, they have I to play Michigan, that. Ohio State, and Michigan State from the East. Um, Ohio State's the only one on the road, but then. Uh, and, and they've won nine games at least in the last three seasons, full seasons, can they do that with that schedule? So compared to like a Purdue, new first-year coach, they open the season with Fresno. They're at Vatek and Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse had a decent season last year. Um, and then let's see, who do they also not play? Uh, they get Ohio State and Michigan. Out of the East, so that's yeah. I mean that those are tough games for them. Michigan State. They have number three Central and Richmond to start, um, but then you got Washington, um, which a lot of things lately in polls and surveys and stuff are saying that's one of the tougher non-conference games for a team to play, whether it's Washington or Michigan State. Um, Michigan and Penn State at home. Well, Penn State's not at home. Penn State's on neutral territory. So Michigan at home, Penn State neutral, and Ohio State on the road. Um, at Iowa, at Minnesota, and then Nebraska, though. That's not the easiest West draw. They have Indiana 4, so kind of some of the teams that might not do as well at the top, which 
you know, it's too bad because the best teams, I'm sure, have the, the easiest schedules, like Michigan, we know. Indiana's got to go, it plays Louisville, um, Indiana State and Akron, whatever. Uh, and then they've got Wisconsin, Illinois, and Purdue out of the West. And, of course, they play the East. Illinois is number five. Um, they've got to play Toledo, who's one of the better Mac squads. And yeah, they're good. Usually I think they're playing them at home. Kansas. Kansas probably looked like a good idea back then, but Kansas yeah. Kansas resurrected. Um, uh, they got to go. They have, they play Penn State, but they don't play Michigan and Ohio State. So I'm not really sure how that's the number five because that's a pretty easy schedule because they were in the West. Rutgers number six. They've got Vatek. Um, they're playing them at home. Uh, Temple and Wagner. Who cares? Um, you know they get a Rutgers or gets Wisconsin and Iowa from the West, both on the road, and then of course they play the East. East by nature is the toughest. They're saying Ohio State's got the seventh toughest. They play a road game at Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Um, they got one. road trips to Penn State and Michigan too, and Wisconsin. So like, yeah, why isn't that the hardest schedule? <laughs> Just because they're the best team or the second best team. Um, Youngstown State, Western Kentucky. Otherwise, I, seven. I argue with that. That's that's a much harder schedule than some of those teams I've said. Nebraska. They've got Deion Sanders and Colorado Buffalo on the road. They've got um, Michigan at Nebraska. They also have Michigan State and Maryland from the East. So they don't have that. That's that's a marginally difficult, but it's not that difficult. Michigan nine, no way. I think they have the easiest schedule. They yes. they play East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green as their non-conference, you, and they play Ohio State at home. So they have to go to Michigan State, but that's really about it. They got Nebraska, Minnesota, and Purdue. A couple of those games are on the road, but like really, that's not the ninth toughest schedule. That's like the easiest schedule. Northwestern's got UTEP, Howard, and Duke. Um, they get Penn State and Maryland from the East. That's not a very tough schedule. Wisconsin, number 11. They've got uh, Buffalo, Washington State, decently tough, and Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern beat uh, Nebraska last year, didn't they? Yes. It was um, Scott Frost. Yep. And then they've got Ohio State from the East, but they have Rutgers in Indiana, so 11th is probably about right. Iowa, number 12. Um Penn State is their only crossover game that they have that's notably difficult. I mean, Michigan State maybe, but Michigan State doesn't necessarily play particularly well at Iowa. Um, Utah State, Western Michigan. Iowa State's always a tough game, but so they're about right at 12. Maryland, um, okay, they play the East, of course, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, but they've got Towson, Charlotte, and Virginia. Um, Illinois, Northwestern, Nebraska from the West, eh. and then Penn State. They have the easiest schedule. They probably serve, according to CBS, they probably serve to get the most out of it. They got West Virginia, um, Delaware, and UMass. I mean, come on, what, what is this? Like the Revolutionary War? Um, and then they've got, of course, the East, but then they play Illinois, Iowa, and Northwestern. Like they're going to be favored, as this says, to win 10 of their 12 games minimally, I would say. So I don't know if you have any reaction to any of that, Ryan, or not. But. No, I, I, I'm just excited for it. Very excited. All right. Um, that's all I had for HodgePodge. You got anything else? Uh, the NFL's about to suspend more people for gambling. Oh, boy. I did have a... One guy's out for the season. I saw one thing. Is start Isaiah one, Rogers. bench one, cut one. I think we may have to implement that into the podcast pretty soon. I saw uh, something on TikTok. It was start one, bench one, cut one with 
um, Herbert, uh, Burrow, and Allen. That's fun. Who would you, let's just take that three then. Who would you? I would bench. I would probably bench Josh Allen. Start Burrow and what was the other one? Start what was it? Start what? Bench and cut. And cut. Yeah. Cut Allen. Bench Herbert. Start Burrow. Yeah, that's what I would say too. Like I'd want Allen's Herbert a turnover to be machine. Izzy's here enjoying the podcast. Love. Yeah, she doesn't usually. She's a special guest today. Good girl. All right, we're gonna move to the second shot. And this will be a Mount Rushmore, and this was one I can't remember if Chris brought this up or if I thought about this. I can't remember, but we're gonna do a Mount Rushmore of MSU three point shooters. Oh, I like this. Um, and it can be you know on any criteria you want. I happen to have the career leaders in in front of me. If you're interested in any of that stuff, um, and we're gonna try to go. Different, so we each have our own Mount right. Rushmore. Well, that um, would be now the we have a little, we have yeah, we have a little the advantage of obviously the age gap. I saw guys that Ryan didn't. But see. I can pick. I, I know, I know some good. So players. I'm going first because age before. Baby. I know who you're going to pick. Sean Resper, yeah. of course, made 331 all-time best at Michigan State. And let's see, this is where it ranks. Uh, hold on a second, 331. Sniper. The next closest is Chris Hill at 306 in attempts. Sean Russell was second with 729, and in percentage, he was first at 45.4%. That's crazy. So Sean Russell, my my first in the GOAT three-point shooter, plus he was there exactly when I was at Michigan State. Well, I don't, I don't have stats in front of me because I didn't know we were doing this one, but in Forbes, I mean, come on. Dude made 11, what, really did you make 11 or 12 threes in that game. i, I got to find this. Uh, oh yeah, Bryn. For- so here's where Forbes actually played for- two years at Michigan. State. Only two years, but so made eleven of sixteen threes against Rutgers. Extrapolate this. So in all-time Michigan State career, he is number ten, playing two seasons with 182. <laughs> so if if he stays on that pace, now granted those were his two later in college seasons, but let's just say even he has 150. 150 more threes in his first two years, you know. So playing four full years at Michigan State, that would have put him at 332. He was a, he was a sniper. Yeah, that is I mean, 100% if he has feet set, sure. it's probably going in the hoop. Um, attempts obviously doesn't rate very high in attempts because there weren't that many um, at the time, and they only I don't know why they only show uh, only three point percentage for a couple of different guys. So I, I can't tell you how he did percentage wise, but he what he was a sniper. All yeah, right, so you so you take you take Bryn Forbes. Yes. I have, I cannot argue against that. All right, your turn. So I'm going to go my number two, and I think as much because he hit big ones, kind of an ugly shot, actually. Honestly, Respirts was about as pure as you can get. I'm going to go with Cassius. Yeah, He made 259. He attempted 602, so you can figure out the percentage there. Pretty high percentage, 259 out of 602. Um, but he made, like, a lot of good you know, game-winner type shots. Okay, that's 43%. So that's a heck of a good percentage of shooting. So I'm going to go with Cassius. Uh, money shooter, like, again, kind of not the most aesthetically pleasing, but, man, it was pretty pure, actually. Yeah, I mean, it, if he got also got his feet set, it was probably going to go down the down the drain. Um, I'm going to go Chris Hill. He, 
Our Darby, really good. I mean, really good he's shooter. second all time. He made 306. Because right, he, you know, as a freshman, he, he made like 45% of his threes, I think. Yeah, and he was, and he, he shot the most, 735. So let's see, 306 out of 735, I'll give you the percentage there. That's a good percentage. He shot 41.6%. So very solid shooter. Kind of better earlier in his career, I would say. He had to kind of take on some point guard duties at times. Um, but, man... And that guy was like nervous as heck before he played to throw up in a garbage can. They one time he threw up, back. threw up on somebody's back at a game we were at. Yeah, I loved Chris. Hill. We got a picture of him. Chris Hill's a good, really good, phenomenal, player. underrated Spartan for sure. All right, so that's a good pick. So you've got you've got Forbes and Hill, and I've got Respert and Cash. Cash money. So I'm gonna go for my third one. Boy, I'm gonna go with Drew Neitzel. Uh, That's a good one. Drew Neitzel, third all-time, 273 made, 684 attempted. Again, hit a lot of, like, quality, clutch game, big game type of three. So, what is that? What did I say? 273 out of 684. Let's see what that percentage is. 273. Well, whatever. I I did the math wrong, but um, it just... I love Drew. Like, grew up in Grand Rapids. He was ambidextrous, and he was a left-handed shooter primarily. But, like, he that one against Wisconsin stands out to me. That danced around the rim a million times when I think Wisconsin might have been number one, and we upset him at home. Phenomenal. So that's my third pick. I like it. Uh, I mean, it was when I was a baby, but Mo Pete. Sniper. Oh, yeah, Mo Pete, he was a sniper. 39.9% that it was for Drew. Mo Pete, let's see where he he actually doesn't rank in the top. Kind of surprisingly, he doesn't rank in the top ten for either attempts or field goals. But talk about a guy that made clutch threes, big time. All right, so my fourth one. There are a lot of guys that you could pick. I'm gonna go with Denzel, um, Donkey Teeth, phenomenal. Four, happens to be fourth and makes two sixty five, fourth and attempts six fifty. So, I mean. It, Another another clutch guy, forty almost forty one percent donkey teeth. Denzel. Yeah, he was a he was, that was gonna be. I my mean, that one he made on Valentine's Day against Ohio State, he was, like he. Well, made I'm one looking. Purdue. What are you using? Sports Reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He what forty four percent as a senior. Yeah, That's, I mean, <laughs> fourth all time, too. fourth all time in attempts and makes. Uh, just he he was a he was a he was a gamer. Like he was a gamer. All the guys I feel like I picked are were gamers. Yeah. Ning, this one's hard for me. Um, just looking on this list, I'm, I'm trying to go through in my head. Like, like McQuaid was a good shooter, but I feel like he wasn't great. He's in the top ten. Yeah, nine, I'll go, ten I'll go, well. You want some other guys? Give you a, a I'm hint. looking at this. I mean, Mo Trice. Ager, now, Trice. I feel like Trice's shot was hideous. Knuckleball. Mo Ager. <laughs> Mo Ager, he's a good one. Summers, I feel like, was a pretty good shooter. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. made two hundred. No, that, what, 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 what am I thinking here? Joey the Thumb Man Hauser. <laughs> yeah, actually, Joey can strap the. I'm I, surprised he's not on this list. That man can probably not. Well, because he only played three years. That man can shoot the cover off the basketball. No, this is complete to through last. That man year can shoot time. the cover off the ball. He could. Yeah, last year, especially. That, that, there's no way this is updated because he shot like 46% from three this year. Yeah, but at this I'm just looking at makes and attempts career at Michigan State. So, But it feels like he made more than 182. That's what 
Brent Forbes made in two seasons at Michigan State. Yeah, good pick, Hauser. All right, so I got a, I've got one. Well, here's a guy that you never would have heard of, but it was a great shooter, very underrated. Kirk Mans. Um, I've heard that name. He, in the eighties. Um, 86, 87 to 89, 90. But I'm telling you, who would be probably Scott number Skiles. one for me over uh, Resford is Scott Skiles. Like, if Michigan, if they had had the three-pointer for more than his senior year, I think he would have by far been. Like, he took routinely 23 to 26 footers just because, even though they were only worth two points. So, those are my picks. Chris. You'll have to text me and tell me who you think uh, your four guys would have been. I think we both picked, you know, obviously some of the top three-point shooters in Michigan State history between us. But um, And who knows? Maybe Tyson Walker slides up that list this year. Uh, he can, uh, he shoot, can the, shoot it. Like, shoot that kind of it. I mean, yeah, those are he's he's a guy that – and he's a money guy too. Like not not all great shooters are money guys, meaning that they can just hit, hit, hit the shot. Yeah, right. Hit the shot at the time, but like he was. And I'll tell you another guy who actually was probably a sneaky, decent three-point shooter, Steve Smith. Yeah. Probably a good shooter. All right, so that is that is the, the second shot of the par three. A quick word from our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realty, will help you find the home that best fits your needs and makes the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at TeamAnders.com. Golf. What's golf? Uh, we had the uh, Travelers last week. They need to do some, uh, I'm just going to come on and say, they need to do some serious soul-searching with that tournament. It's a freaking joke. Well, but here's the thing. They already they said they're gonna redo it to make it harder, which they should. It's, a, it's I mean, really I, short. I, I get that. The problem is is these guys all can hit it like three hundred and forty. Well, that's yards why the whatever. rollback's gonna be good. The rollback will be good. I like I, it's okay for me if occasionally they play a course that they can just torch. Like who can torch it the best? Like not every course not every course has to be supremely difficult. It, they just don't. I mean you're going to run out of places that guys could play. I mean, I think about, like, Grand Rapids. There's no courses in Grand Rapids that a pro could ever play because they would kill all the courses here. Like, the length of these courses is ungodly. And, all right, so let them have a birdie fest. Like, they do that at the at the Phoenix, at the Waste Management. I mean, that's kind of a birdie fest. That's high 20s, sometimes under par that wins it. Like, I'm okay with that. Now, every week, no. I, do, I don't think every week. I think, you know, guys will probably... They tend to kind of tear up the John Deere a little bit here. That's coming up in a week or two. Um, yes. They probably tear up the Detroit Country Club this week, especially after the it's so so it's soft after so the storms soft. and a lot of trees were knocked down from storms this weekend. Um, but like, okay, so back to back weeks, really low scores. Okay, I have a problem with that. But like, it's still is fun to watch. Like it was fun to watch Keegan Bradley, kind of hometown ish guy. He's in Massachusetts, not Connecticut, but. I don't have a problem with it. I, I some of those courses that have been around for a while, I like them. You know what? Yes, will the rollback help? Will things like that help? But yes, I think we get. I talked about this after we post U.S. Open. Like we're we get our panties such in a wad about it's got to be such a difficult test. Why can't we just celebrate that these guys are good? Like again, now every week, no, I don't want them shooting thirty under par every week because I I want it to be difficult for them. But I. I don't have a problem with it occasionally, and I don't, especially when it's a classic course. If it's a first time course and they come in and they absolutely shred it, then it's like, okay, check it off the list. But if it's if it's been a mainstay, I mean, look, guys go pretty low at Harbortown. True, right? Like, 
over four days, that's all right, whatever. You get, you know, there were some good names in contention this week. Ricky was right up there again. Rory was right up there again. Uh, JT was back after he was absolute. Yeah, he played you well know what Scotty. show in the U.S. Open. Scotty was there again. Um, again, Keegan Bradley won. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I like that. I love that I 18th like hole. Um, yeah, some of the holes are fun. Like, because if you drive into that bunker up close to the lip, like happened to Sagawa last year, and he lost because he did that. Yep. Like, so it still is, I don't care if you're 28 under and you need to get to 29 to win, you can still make a mistake and lose on the last hole. So why is that a problem? It's going to be... It's going to be 30 under at Detroit Golf Country or whatever it's called, Golf Club. Finau literally is like, it's so soft. But, yeah. but I was listening to No Laying Up podcast earlier, and they had Scheffler and Spieth on, and they were asking Scheffler about his success. They're like, oh, why, what is success to you in these tournaments? He said, well, you know, in, in majors, I, I feel like I do better because the courses are usually harder, and I'm better. I like harder golf courses better because if I par a hole, you know, you're going to stick with the crowd. He's like, if you have a bad day, like he shot up, whatever, 68 on Friday at the um, Travelers, and he's like 10 behind. Yeah, and You can't true. really catch up unless true. someone throws up on themselves or you have a I mean, that's true, but so then, day. so then in a way, that's also a test, right? Like who can sustain throwing darts for four days? Like that's a different test than then who can hack it out of the rough and save a par on a 560-yard par four. Like, it's just a different... It's The beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? It's just a different way to look at it. I Again, I personally don't have a problem. Do I want it that way every week? No, I don't. But, you know, like, a handful of times a year, I mean, these guys play, like, 40 tournaments. So if, if you know, like, five or six of them, you know, 12, 13, 14% of them are a little bit easier, eh, that's okay. I don't. I don't care. Now again, back to back to back to back to back weeks. Different story, but hey, you know what? These guys are good. <laughs> They're good, and they take advantage of fitness unlike any other generation. They take advantage of equipment advances unlike any other generation. And yeah, they quit. All you're going to do by making courses longer and harder is make our rounds as amateurs slower. Because everybody's going to feel like, oh, I got. I can play from the tips. I can do that. I can do that. And then we get stuck for. Five six hour True. rounds when you have to quit early, and I don't want to see that. True. We don't I don't want that. to see that. We don't need that. Um, yeah, the well, I guess we can look at our results from last week. Let me pull them. I don't even remember who I picked. You picked. Uh, you picked. I think I picked some guys. English and Fleetwood, and they finished 128th combined because Fleetwood missed the cut, and I picked Tom Kim and Xander, and they finished 57th combined. Not bad. I haven't even looked at it for this week. Um, Oh, I know, I'm telling you, I'm picking Hideki and Straka. Hideki, I could see that. I'm gonna go. It's pretty good. I'm gonna go Finau to defend. Pretty good field in it actually this week. Surprisingly, I'm gonna go Finau to defend, and then I'm gonna have to take a guess that he's even playing. But I'm gonna go Tom Kim. He's playing, I think. Yeah, I'll go Kim. I like the way he's been playing lately. All right, so I got a golf question for you, and then we got a course we can review because we've never played there. Since and then, and then I have a, I have a couple quick things. I do them real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Before we do that. So this is from Dan Rappaport, 4Play, Barstool Podcast. He said, how good has Scotty Scheffler been this year? He's made $18.6 million on course for the year. Still a major and two playoff events left, plus FedEx bonus after Tour Championship, plus PIP. He could make $45 million plus before endorsements, almost doubling up number two in Ryder Cup points. 
That's that, that is the man is a master class in consistency this season. I mean, he's been he's, unbelievable. He's in the, he's in contention every week. He's yeah, top five, he just top he's 10, such like, a good golfer, and he's and he's not putting well either. He even right. said that he's like I I can hit the ball tee to green. Yeah, I mean, if he if he could if he would have been putting at L.A. Country Club, he would have ran away with it. Yeah, I mean, because right. he, he tee to green is absolutely he's phenomenal. phenomenal. Then the last thing. The El Nino says him and Rory are friends again, made up at the U.S. Open. El Nino can go to hell. Uh, All right, so I got a question for you. Is it time to give the Champions Tour more TV time? And I'm not talking about like I'm not talking about like the Golf Channel. And no offense to the Golf Channel because I love the Golf Channel, but like more like CBS, NBC, like their majors are on. And I'm gonna tell you what, like here's a reason why. Padraig Harrington is he's, he's like he's, he's only qualified for he's only been able to play like seven or eight he just turned fifty. He is good. Yeah, and he's oh, played well in majors. Steve recently. Stricker is good. And he has had health problems. Like the, these guys, especially especially guys we're my not, age longer and really Chris's good. age and and guys that are you know like right around right around the age of the champions who are fifty. These are guys we grew up watching that are really really good. This isn't like you know when the it was called then the senior tour and rightfully they changed the name, but you know, and it was a place to kind of let Arnie still play, let Jack still play, let Lee Trevino still play, let Chichi Rodriguez still play. So it was the, you know, like it was a place to let those guys that were dominant in like the sixties and in early seventies in particular still play when golf wasn't as big. And you had, you know, some, a handful of big names, but there's a lot of big names that play and a lot of big names that have success. And these guys are still good. Like Potty is arguably hitting the ball better than he did when he won majors. Um, it's fun to watch. Like I watched the, and I think it was the, I don't know if it was the senior PGA. Yeah, it must've been the senior PGA. Cause that's the one that's uh, hosted by KitchenAid, right? Like they're the yep. sponsor uh, out of like the, Harbor Shores course they kept promoting. Yep. Um, you know, went to a playoff stricker in, in Harrington and it was fun. It was fun to watch. It was just as fun as a regular PGA tournament tournament. So yeah, I think cool. it's time to get them well, a little bit more. Especially time. This weekend's the senior open and they're playing it at century world up in, um, Stevens point, Wisconsin. And it's a beautiful track. And, they, and, and they, it's a public track. And these guys now for the majors, they play four rounds, but they have to do it in three rounds. So it's kind of like, you know, you gotta be, you can't be off for a day. Like in the, in the regular tour, you can kind of have a, a like Scotty did a sixty-eight type day and still finish top five in a tournament. You, you can't really have that when you're only playing three tournaments or three rounds in a in a regular tournament. You know that's kind of crazy. If you yeah. Ask me. I got nothing else. Do you have anything else for this? Mm, no, we want to talk a little bit about uh, Cedar Chase. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. We played Cedar Chase for the first time, I think it was 2018. It's been a while, yeah. Day. Yeah. Got um, it in just I, under a storm. Yeah. Three hours and 13 minutes. Blew through three or yeah. four fours. Yeah, we could have probably, it could have been faster probably, too, um, if, if there's smooth, smooth. So you will recall, you would have heard, if you listen to the podcast all the time, and we talked about one time the hardest holes It is in the very area. hard. There is a, I think it was number 11. Is that about it? Yeah, number yes. 11. That's a long par five that is uh, like to where I can drive the ball. The fairway is about 15 yards wide. I actually hit the fairway somehow. It's between like two bunkers. It's tight all the way. It is it is a hard hole. And we were playing from the whites because there's a pretty good difference. It's just a shade around 6,000 versus almost 6,600. 
So yeah, we played that's... the six thousand instead of the sixty six hundred. Like if, if you play it from the blue, that is a punishing golf course because I I mean legit, I'd have to really think about it, but probably eight out of the fourteen non par threes are like you better be accurate. Or yeah, you're they're punching, long. Or you're punching they're, long they're long the and they're tight. Like yeah. like tight, tight. Not not like oh yeah whatever like you're punching out and you're taking your medicine and you're not going to get to the green in too tight um and only 55 bucks like on a weekend you know in good shape you know not the greatest shape of any course you play but you know yeah i mean 55 bucks i think it was a great deal i i'd play we've avoided it because we for a while we were avoided even like a quail ridge and stuff because it just beat you up too much and it's like you don't want to go play a course that beat you up but then you start just repeating courses all the time so it was good to put it back in the mix. We did that with yeah. Lakes at Bone Lake last year. We did that with Quail Ridge last year. Or we got another one that we're going to play a new Meadows. This week. I've, I played I've, it once. I've and never it's played hard, the Meadows out of Grand Valley. Hard, Looking forward to hard that golf course. Um, heard great things about that course, so that'll be fun. And then we're going to play Boulder on the uh, day before Fourth of July. So home course. See how we do. I've been playing it well this year, so hopefully that will kind of continue. But yeah, yeah, fun weekend for for golf and. Ryan's got a trip coming up with some courses he can review, and then we've got a, cor- a trip at the beginning of August up to Manistee and three more courses we can review. Yeah, heck yeah. Well, we already... No, we never no, we have had an Arcadia that. South. No, yeah. you're yeah. right. Yeah. Even better. Um, all right. you have anything else golf-wise? You I do to not. Touch on? Nope. I don't think I do either. Um, all right. Brings us to the sprint. Saw this on Golf Digest. I love stealing these from them. They're fun questions. Would you flip the coin? Ten rounds anywhere in the world or no golf for an entire year? Yes or no? In a flip of a coin. Yep. 50% chance, well, I mean technically 50% chance. Yeah, 50%. Uh, of playing ten rounds at ten, what was it, any ten courses you want? Yeah. Or not play golf, not for, play a golf for a year. I'd freaking take this. I'd take a chance. Why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, I'd just practice in my basement or practice in my backyard and just not be able to play a full round would suck, but I could do it. Yeah, I could too. Um, it's called right. gambling for a reason, right? Have they gone too far with the match in, in the way that they do that? Because tomorrow, oh, if you didn't know, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson versus Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Who cares about yeah, that? Yeah, like, now it's just stupid. Like that's the, what the American Century on coming up here soon, on four, maybe it's 4th of July time at Lake Tahoe. That's what that stuff is for. If I want to see celebrities or, or, right, or the other athletes during play. During the one during COVID when there's nothing going on. Or the Tiger yeah. and Phil over Thanksgiving when there's no golf. Like That's fine. but Yeah, or, or if it's like a great golfer and a, and a really good Pro athlete from right. other when sport, they did like, like like Brady and Bryson and Brady and Aaron Rodgers and whatever in Phil or whatever. Yeah, yeah cool. like that. Uh, okay, but no, it's just made for TV shenanigans. It's like whatever. Yeah, like, I we don't. I think it's gone there's fun. plenty of golf on TV. We don't need that. Like I, I'm not gonna pay. I don't. Well, I wouldn't want to go pay money to watch that. So why am I gonna watch it on TV? Yeah, I. Uh, I'd I, rather be out in the smoke because Michigan is just getting hammered with. Canadian smoke these days. Yeah, like is, our forecast says smoke. It doesn't even say haze anymore. No, it says smoke. No, no. Eighty degrees it's in like smoke. The mountains. It smells like a wet campfire every day. Yeah, it's like the mountains. Um, okay. Third question. Is anyone swaggier than John Daly pulling up to 
Kenny Chesney's concert in his own golf cart. He parked it right in front with his beers. Could anyone else pull that off? <laughs> Probably not. Because uh, he's, awesome. he, he's also like he. I think he plays a little bit. Like he could get up on stage and probably play a little guitar or whatever and uh, hang sure out. I, mean, I think he's good friends with Hootie, Darius Rucker, and some yeah. of those guys. So, no, nobody could do that. I would have loved to see that last night at Morgan Wallen in Grand Rapids. Yeah, drive it through the through the tunnel. Yeah. All right. Last question: um, Who has the best milkshake? My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> who has the best milkshake? That's a tough question. Uh, man, I just I'm a sucker for a peanut butter milkshake or a good strawberry milkshake. You're talking like fast food chains, Anything. or are you talking about? Hey, that's a hard question. Um, I'll tell you when when the guy's not making it, when it's one of the girls that are making it. The cool cone down the street is a mean peanut butter milkshake. I'm not gonna lie. I don't really know. I don't know how to answer that. I mean, yeah, oh, I'll tell you who has a good milkshake. Is uh, I hadn't had one until recently, actually, um, because there's so many calories in their burgers and their fries. It's Five Guys. Five yes, Guys is a really good milkshake. Good. I don't think I've ever had one of those, but I'm telling you what, Cookout. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. you're right. Cookout was fantastic. Cookout. I forgot about that. Is Down in South Carolina. That is yeah. something. That's a different level. That's a whole different ballgame. Plus, they're very patriotic and biblical. Yeah, which we I like appreciate. that. Yeah. We like that. Um, we're always appreciative appreciative of those. All right, that's the 120th edition. We appreciate you guys listening. Pound the like button. Um, give us uh, what you want to hear um, in hodgepodge or mailbag in the coming weeks. Um, we'll probably do Wednesday again next week as we have a holiday next uh, next Tuesday. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Um, happy Fourth. Um, Happy Canada Day if you're listening Canada Day. All right. Uh, Meantime, opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work from Sir Thomas Edison. And is that not more appropriate today than ever before?